Before we pray, I want to read two verses out of Ecclesiastes 12. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun and the moon, the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. Let's pray. Father, we come trembling in reverence and awe to an almighty God, trusting fully in thy power, trusting in the strength that thou hast promised to give each and every one of us. We all can be truly strong in the strength of someone else, trusting the hand that never fails. Lord, we pray as we speak this evening to these young people that we would all remember thee, our mighty creator. While we're young, while we have youth's strength, before the evil days come, and we will say we have no pleasure in them when we are old. Lord, we are thankful that about one-third of this group this evening already calls thee Father. And we pray, Lord, this evening that two-thirds would seriously consider the Creator in their youth. We pray it in Jesus Christ, the Savior. Amen. I wanted to read those two verses because they're very special to me. Because I believe and I know they are absolutely positively true. Because I have banked my life on them. I have chosen to follow Jesus from my youth. Many of you weren't even born the day I gave my life to the Lord. And I am thankful that I did it when I was young, before the evil days came, before I lost interest in the church and in God. And I want to encourage each and every one of you this evening, whether you're 13 or 28 or somewhere in between, Today is the day of salvation. It's promised for you. Don't let Satan tell you this week you're too young and you'll never make it because he's the father of lies. He's going to put that fear in your heart. He's going to scare you to death. And he's wrong. And we're going to read a story about a young boy in the Bible a story you've all heard since you were on your mom's knee in Sunday school and throughout your life. A little boy named David that had the greatest fear, the greatest challenge in front of his life that he ever could imagine. And when all of Israel was fearful 
and ran, David stood as a young boy, just like you and just like me, and he conquered that Goliath. Our theme is whom shall we fear? Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Who do you think David was afraid of? If you want to follow along with me, we're going to be reading in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's a long chapter, and I'm going to skip around a little bit, and I will tell you what verses that we're reading, because I want to do a lot of reading this evening, because I can say a lot of things, and I know they're true in my life because I've experienced them. But you can take what it says in here to the bank every time. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We read a story of a little boy, a young boy, probably somewhere around 16, 17 years old. A farm boy taking care of dad's sheep. The Bible describes him as ruddy. He was red-haired. He had curly hair probably. He was dark-complected, and he had a fair countenance. He wasn't no incredible hulk. He wasn't some great big guy, but we know he slew Goliath. Beginning at verse 4, we read, let me set the story here real quick. We have the Philistines on one mountain. We have Israel on another mountain and a valley between. And the Philistines were the thorn in Israel's flesh for a long, long time. And they had a champion, a great man, that wanted to fight. In verse 4 we read, And there went, out of the, there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of brass, and he had greaves on his, of brass upon his legs, and a target of brass between his shoulders. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing the shield went before him, and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set the battle in array? Am I not a Philistine? And ye, the servants of Saul, choose you a man to come and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall your ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight. And when Saul and all of Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. I want to pause there for a moment. Goliath. Now, we have different stories in history that he was anywhere from 9 feet 9 to 13 feet tall. This is a huge 
man. He had armor on him weighing almost 200 pounds. His spear weighed over 25 pounds. This was a big man. Think about the biggest man you've ever seen. The one I could think of was Shaquille O'Neal, standing about seven foot three, I believe, seven four. I saw one of his shoes in a sporting goods store. It was that long. That was his foot. The man is an incredible bulk of muscle. Goliath would make Shaquille O'Neal look like a midget. And all of Israel stood in fear because of this man. Because he came out and said, instead of all of us fighting against each other, I challenge one of you to come forward and fight me. If I win, you're our servants. If you win, then we'll be your servants. And all of Israel was in dismay and greatly afraid and saw the king of Israel. We know from the Bible says that he stood head and shoulders above everyone else. He was a tall man too. And he was afraid. In verse 26 we read, And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and take away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David comes to the battle and hears Goliath coming out. See, Goliath came out every day for 40 days, twice a day, and teased Israel. Said, come on, who's going to take me on? Who's going to be the one to come out here and take me on? And nobody did it. David happened to be sent there because his dad sent him up to take food to his three older brothers. And David, being a young boy, said, What's the matter with you men? This uncircumcised Philistine is defying the living God. So David, we all know the story. Volunteers. Volunteers to take on the greatest fear that Israel ever knew. In verse 34 we read, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and bear, and a bear, and took the lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. And the servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defiled the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. David was tending his sheep, and a lion and a bear came up and took the lamb. And David went out and grabbed him by, the, by his beard, it says. Took a bear by its beard and slew it. He knew fear. He knew what fear was all about, but did he, was he afraid? And what does David say? 
the Lord. The Lord delivered him into my hand, and the Lord's going to do the same thing here. In verse 45, we continue reading, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee, and I will take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all, the, all this assembly shall know the Lord saveth not with a sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give it into your hands. And it came, near, it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and came near and drew near to meet David, and David hasted and ran toward the armies to meet the Philistines. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and, a sl- and slang it and smote the Philistine in the forehead. And the so- stones sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon the face of the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in his hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and slew him and cut off his head. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. A story we've all heard hundreds of times, I would assume. David was an incredible young man, but he was no different than you or me. He was just a farm boy taking care of dad's sheep and doing what he was told to do, happened to end up at a battle because dad told him to send food to his brothers. But David had incredible faith in God. David knew that that lamb and that bear or excuse me, that lion and that bear that took the lamb, he didn't kill him. The Lord delivered him. The Lord was his strength and his time of need. And he was so confident at that point, at this point in time, and when he slew those animals, that there was no doubt in his mind that he would be victorious. We're talking about fear this week. There's many fears, and I started writing a list of fears that I think maybe would be applied to all of us. And we could write a list probably as long as our arm. And in our class this morning, the brothers shared that they, they surveyed 50 people to write down every fear. They came up with 7,000 of them. 7,000 fears that they had. David said, Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? I think there's many fears that we need to look at. And many things in our own lives that I'm afraid of and that you're afraid of. Some of us are afraid to die. Some are afraid of the terrorist attacks happening again. 
Probably a few will never fly in an airplane again. Others might not go into a tall building because they don't want to be the victim. Maybe you have a fear of heights. Maybe you have a fear of the dark. Maybe you don't like to be home alone. That always scared me as a kid. And it still is kind of creepy when you're home alone and it's quiet and it's dark. But the point of tonight's story is not what we fear. It's who we fear. Who is the Goliath in our lives? What is that great big hunk of a man that's challenging us every day, that's standing between us and victory? What's keeping you and me from serving the living God? And as I thought about it and as I pondered it, I thought back in my life, and I think it still applies, the biggest fear in life is only two that I could come up with. And they kind of all fall right into that same category. First would be fear of the future. Fear of the future events. What is going to happen next? I'm sure we all sat around September 11th evening and said, what could possibly be next? What are they going to do next? The other fear is fear of failure. Most of you have probably seen the rock climbing wall down in the sports center. I have a fear of heights. That's one reason I've never climbed that wall. Because it's a long ways up there. And I don't want to look down. We were in the World Trade Centers about three, four years ago. Went to the top and looked down and we happened to be parked right down there. And our car, our van, looked smaller than a matchbox. And I get dizzy, I get woozy when I look down from a height. But my biggest fear about climbing that rock wall is not the height. If I attempt it, I don't want to fail. I don't want to start up that wall and not make it to the top. Now, I'm the type of person that I'm competitive, so the, the easy side would not, would not cut me. That wouldn't do it. I'd have to go up the hard side. But fear of failure, I think, is a fear that we all have. Nobody wants to fail. Nobody wants to get up and speak in public. It's one of the highest-paying occupations in the world because nobody wants to do it, because nobody wants to fail. Maybe you don't want to start giving your life to Christ because you don't want to fail. Fear of the future. I don't want to scare anybody tonight because scaring me never made me want to serve the Lord when I was your age. But I think a lot of us are already scared of the future and what's next. 
And I want to read just a couple verses in Revelations about what's next. You can follow along, or you can just listen along. But in Revelations chapter 8, we read about some of the most horrific things that the Lord's going to do to this earth. And in chapter 8, it goes through and it talks about one-third of the oceans will be destroyed. One-third of the ships on those oceans will be destroyed. One-third of the trees will be destroyed. 30% of the sun will lose its light. All of the grass will be burned up. And we're worried about a few towers falling and a couple airplanes. But at the end of chapter 8, after it describes, describes all this tremendous things, the last verse says, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, by reason of the voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. After one-third of the earth is destroyed, an angel says, Whoa, whoa, whoa. You ain't seen nothing yet. And in chapter 9, we read, about many more things. And the incredible thing to me is the locusts. And it describes them. And there came out of... Let me start at verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star far from, fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit... And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as a smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto the, them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented for five months. And their torment was at the torment of a scorpion when it striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death." and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared for battle, and on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were faces of men, and they had hair as hair of women, and their teeth were as teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron, and sounds of their wings was as the sounds of chariots, many horses running to battle. 
and their tails like scorpions that were, were stings to their tails, and the power was to hurt men for five months. Incredible. Totally incredible. Fear of the future, it's right here. There's no reason to fear it because we know what's going to happen. Fear of the unknown is one thing, but we know what's going to happen. And the sad thing about this chapter is in the last verse, last two verses, and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of their works of their hands, that they should not worship devils, idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. The incredible pain that these men suffer for five months, so much that they're begging to die, and they cannot die. They repented not. Now, maybe I did scare you a little bit, and maybe fear is good in that factor. But David didn't fear. Why did that little boy, that young man, not fear a great big giant. God says in his holy word, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power. He has given us the spirit of power. We need not fear the future. Some of us in this room need to fear the future because we haven't been given the power. But some of us have been given the power not to fear. We have been given the promise that we will not be on the earth during this point in time. We can go back to the fourth chapter and read in the second and third chapter about the churches. And then it says... And then, after the churches, these things shall come to pass. The church is never, re- never mentioned again in Revelations till it's the courts of glory. We don't have to fear the future. We don't have to fear the giant in our life. We don't have to fear failure. We need to trust in the strength of someone else. Trust in the hand that will never fail. Why did I read, remember now the creator in the days of thy youth before the evil days draw near? I'm not talking about revelation evil days. I'm talking about everyday life. When you get back to school and your friends put the pressure on you, to do the things that you know mom and dad have taught you not to do. We have the opportunity to give our lives over to the Lord, the creator of everything, 
And let him give us the power to overcome. The power not to fear. I don't know if you read in your class this morning, but there's about three stories in the New Testament about Jesus on a boat. And every time they're on a boat, there comes up a storm or something happens and the disciples are scared to death. And these aren't regular men. These are fishermen. They've seen storms on that sea before. And the one time the waves were filling the boat and they woke him up and they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And what did he say? Be not afraid. When he was walking on the water and they, saw, they thought it was a spirit, he said, Fear not. Jesus Christ does not want us to be afraid, ever. He wants us to trust in him. To trust in him with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind and with all our strength. And we can be conquerors. We don't have to fear failure. We will not fail if we trust him. The Bible says, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He will complete what he has begun. Don't let Satan, that big liar, tell you you're too young. You're not smart enough. You don't know the Bible well enough. You'll never be able to remain true. Because he told me that and he was wrong. And he's wrong about you, too. You can trust in someone stronger than yourself. Trusting in a hand that will never fail. Trust the one that created the sea and let the storm happen. And by mere mention, peace be still, it went away. David faced a giant. We face giants every day in our lives, whether they're real or whether they're not real. But we can trust in God, as David did, and run towards Goliath and slay him and not look back not be afraid, not be in dismay and array just like all the other children of Israel were because they trusted in the living God. David trusted fully in the living God. In Romans we read, Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
we have no reason to fear if it is our Lord Christ Jesus. We can trust the hand that will not fail. We can be more than conquerors. David conquered a Goliath. We can conquer any fear that's out there by trusting in Jesus Christ. He will deliver. He will keep you faithful. He has promised that. He has promised it. He will perform it in you. He has given us the spirit of power, not of fear. Don't let a giant stand in the way. Don't let him be the one that keeps you in that fear, that paralyzing fear, the rest of your life. He's got you where he wants you. You're afraid to move forward. You're afraid to move backwards. You're afraid to go left or right because you don't know what to do and you don't know what he's going to do next when you turn left or right. But Jesus Christ is standing there willingly, open arms, conquered everything, conquered death, has given us death, given us victory over death. Ye are God, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We can fear. We can live a life that's paralyzing, or we can trust in a hand that will never fail. David realized that as a young boy and became a great king, a great warrior, a legend in the Jewish nation. And in Acts we read, a man after God's own heart. I don't know about you, but I would love for Jesus to say that about me, that I'm a man after his own heart. Because he trusted fully in Jesus Christ. He trusted fully in God. And our theme the Lord is the, my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If we can say, the Lord is my light and my salvation, and the Lord is the strength of my life, 
we can answer those two questions very simply. Whom shall I fear? No one. Of whom shall I be afraid? No one. Because the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my light. Trust him. Let him take the fear of the future, the fear of failing, the fear that holds you back. He'll let you free. He'll set you free from that bondage that Satan's got on you. You know, I remember when I started my repentance, the biggest, two biggest fears I had, the first was to talk to the elder of the church. And I remember I put that off for weeks. Because just like every one of you probably, I was convicted at camp. I knew that it was the time to do it. I was 14, turning 15, it was time. Because I was afraid of dying. I was afraid of many things. But you know what? That fear was all in my head. Satan put it all in my head. The other big fear I had was talking to my parents. And it was all in my head. I remember coming down the stairs one night late and going to my parents' door that was closed, which was never closed, and I had to knock. And I knocked on the door and I told them that I wanted to give my life to Christ. That fear that I had to speak to them disappeared because Jesus was there. And I got the biggest hugs and everything, all that fear disappeared. And it's amazing how big of a giant that was in my life. But it wasn't even real. Are there giants in your life that aren't real? That Satan has just put there? Trust in the hand that will never fail. Be strong in the strength of someone else. Be strong in the Lord, for the Lord is my strength and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? No one. Absolutely no one. Because the Lord is my light and my salvation. Amen to our brother Mike said. Let's bow in prayer. Oh, Father God, how we thank you that we can hear your word, that we can hear it yet in this country freely, and that you, 
have given us, have given mankind liberty and freedom, freedom to pursue your word. That is not man-given, but is God-given. And so we gather here to hear and understand what you have spoken through Brother Mike. Lord God, there were giants in the land in those days. There were giants in the land when the Israelites came to the land of Canaan and the ten spies came back, said, we can't go in, there are giants in the land. But you took care of them, God. And there were giants in the land in the time of David. And the people cried and were afraid. But you took care of that giant. And there are giants in the land now. Giants of all kinds. Giants and fears. And you have promised, you have promised that if we trust, you will help us overcome them. And your promise can never be broken by your own word, O oh God. And one of the biggest giants, as Brother Mike told us, is that fear to confess, confess our Savior publicly to somebody else that we always want to keep him to ourselves. But we need to confess, confess Jesus, tell it to someone. But that's our greatest fear. What will they think? How will they react? Will they think, I'm stupid? Will I be embarrassed? I can't do it. And that fear holds so many of us back. We're scared to confess our Lord and Savior. So God, in this evening, we pray right now for your strength, your power to reduce that fear, to reduce that giant, to chop him down, to bring him under control, and help us, O oh God. Help us to speak the name of our Savior. Help us to confess him, to tell others that, yes, the faith, the faith and belief is in us, in our hearts and minds. Please, O oh God, take care of the giants in the land right now. Lord, we thank thee for Brother Mike, for his service. We would ask that we would remember, remember that the giants in the land will be destroyed someday. And then all that is left is our Savior, Jesus Christ. And there will be no more giants someday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.